Hello, and welcome to the official podcast for the 31st Annual FIRST Conference. We're looking forward to welcoming you to the conference in Edinburgh, Scotland, 16th through the 21st of June. I'm your co-host, Chris John Riley. And I'm your other co-host, Martin McKay. Thanks for listening. This time on the show, we're lucky enough to be talking to Desiree Sacher from Finance Informatic in Germany. Thank you very much for joining me, Des. Thank you very much, Chris, for having me. And it's, it's true, you've come all the way from Germany just to speak live, face-to-face on the podcast. Of course I did. <laughs> it's always nice to be back in Zurich. It's very nice to see you again. So it's, it's, it's been a while, but uh, finally, you're going to be presenting at first. Looking forward to it. You're going to be talking a little bit about fingerprinting false positives and some other very useful information for socks. Perhaps you can give people who are listening to the podcast a quick rundown of what you're going to be talking about at the conference. Of course. This is my first presentation, actually, that I'm going to have like this. So I've been working as an engineer and analyst for a few years already. And what I've noticed during my time was that most people don't seem to, when they are following up on alerts, they don't actually care for what caused the alert in that moment, but they only care if it actually is a certain threat for the company right now or not. And so what I did was I created a white paper on how to resolve incidents and what you need to look for, what you need to take care for and look for in an incident so you can get to the, let's call it core or source of the incident because not all of the incidents that become alerts in a SOC were actually caused by a SOC. It can be that it was a handling problem somewhere in the company, that a user clicked on something that he wasn't supposed to. Um, it can also be that it was a configuration problem on a device that is not managed by the SOC. And things like that are generally just called a false positive because they aren't a certain threat to the company, but they also don't show directly, if you just call it a false positive, where you can do an improvement. And this is where the resolution categories that I created actually pick up on and why you can use these categories then to improve your whole security infrastructure afterwards. And you can also see where your team is actually spending your time on most. And this helps you in improving and finding out where you can best put your resources in. It sounds a lot like this information is really critical for running a SOC effectively. You can't just say something is a false positive just because it didn't come through the right way or it was a process failure or something like that. It sounds a lot like we're missing a lot of really vital information. That was exactly my experience, actually. People didn't look at it. And it's also, in my opinion, part of why so many analysts are boring out in their job or blunted because they don't really see a cause anymore and why they need to be looking at an event. They are usually, unfortunately, used to have like 99% of the alerts are false positives. So initially, it seems like no one is caring for why you should resolve that case now and why you should be taking this one alert now in a serious matter. My goal was when I created these categories to give each and every incident a meaning and a reason why to follow up on it in detail because every and each alert can be used to improve something in the infrastructure and in your company and, or in their processes. It's an, always a valid information to be able to improve something. And so this is why you should really use every and each information we have. And I personally also like 
cleaning up and actually doing your proper work on your own house before you start to get new tools, for example, or spend budget in other terms. And so this is a really easy way because you don't need other new tools for that. Well, it sounds like if, if socks are experiencing thousands and thousands of false positives, that they're missing out on something where you can really start to look into some of these and reduce that number. Because no analyst is going to be able to look at every single alert. You need to be able to streamline it down to the things that you can handle. And, and removing those false positives, not just by marking them as false positive, but by dealing with the underlying issue, seems like a core responsibility. It depends actually on what kind of sock you're running. You have either the socks that are just running a few rule sets and alerting and running after those alerts, or you have the ones that work mostly with rule sets that they receive directly from a CM provider. And both reasons are valid. They both, you can use them. It depends on what kind of environment you're working with, but it's really both times about prioritizing what is important to you. And the problem is, as long as there's nothing burning and you're running after the fire, you always can use your time to improve your own infrastructure that you have and you're responsible for. And in my opinion, the SOC, as it's so much relying on all of this other information that the company is providing, I mean, a SOC usually doesn't write its CMDB, but it's heavily depending on the correctness of that information. So all of this information that is anyway already used and tracked in the company should be tested and verified and the SOC needs to give feedback if something is actually not usable because the whole security can't work in an efficient manner if stuff is burning when it previously wasn't reported and corrected. How does this work when you're dealing with things that are coming from outside of the SOC? Right? I mean, you already mentioned um, you know, externalized rules there, but if you're taking in indicators of compromise from certain feeds, how can you trust that data? That's obviously if that's throwing false positives, how can you best deal with that kind of thing? Well, if you have information from outside, you pretty much, in my opinion and my experience, it's mostly a political problem, to be honest, because somebody in a company has for some reason decided that this certain product or company is now used to be worked with and that we should be relying on that information. And you, as a technician, need to somehow find a way to make use of that information and use it in a best way for your company. And this might either mean that you need to be able to deprecate some IOCs, if you're working with IOCs, that you need to build up a full process to manage that, or you need to have the right rule architects to be able to just use those IOCs in a certain kind of rule system. So, for example, I mean, the best example is if you have IOCs with IP addresses, and then you get alerts from connecting to such IP addresses. But if you alert this um, information because you have a firewall rule where you don't actually get the full URL, you have never ever in a SOC the possibility to verify this. It actually was a bad request and not just a multi-hoster where one website on a multi-hoster might actually have a problem or not. So in a SOC, you are heavily relying on your full chain of artifacts working correctly and that they actually give you the information that you need. So you need the right kind of locks always. Yeah, it really comes down to you need to have the right architect knowing and understanding the information that you have to be able to write the right rule sets. And it not, doesn't necessarily mean that your provider is bad, but you need to be able to also work in that information in the right way. If you can't work in the information in the right way, it might just mean that you went for the wrong provider of information. So you just need to know and understand what you actually have 
And if you have that, you can make proper decisions. And if you start to track the numbers on when and how often you use what information to get to a certain decision, you can also say if this is actually the right information provider for you or not. Given that you're recording all of the correct categories for closing out these kind of alerts, you're getting all this enriched data, what kind of thing can you then see in the reports that you wouldn't normally be able to see if you're only just saying this was a false positive? The best thing about it is you can really see where your time was actually spent. Well, if you record the time, but you can actually see what and how many rules you have on what kind of problem. In my opinion and experience, the most kind of alerts you usually get from user clicking on stuff that they shouldn't be doing or things like pen tests that are happening in a company and that wasn't reported to the SOC or administrators doing actions that weren't reported previously, but because it's actually something dangerous, started an out of rule and they'll create an alert in the SOC. So these kind of things you can easily see afterwards in the report and therefore one show you your rules are working. And as a SOC where you mostly are seen as a cost center and not as a service center in the first place, you always need to say and give reason to why you are existing and why you cost so much. Because we are expensive employees. We have many needs in getting the right education. So you want to have the proof why this money is actually well spent. And if you can show that your rules and your SOC is actually doing the right job, but it's just all of the other things like processes in the company that aren't reporting the stuff that they should be or configurations that aren't well set that you can't actually control. This all gives you the assurance that your SOC is actually doing the right job, even if it might not look on the outside or to managers like the SOC is actually doing something to the company or it's more than a cost center. Sounds like it's going to be a very interesting presentation. I really look forward to uh, sitting through the presentation and seeing the, the relevant details, as well as uh, reading through the, the more detailed white paper that you've written as well. So what are the next steps for people who might be interested in this other than attending your talk? What are, what are the outcomes that you would, would like from this presentation? I hope that um, as many people as possible start to actually use those categories that I've created. So I can, for one, get feedback on them, but also we can get some experience. And what I would like to see most in the end is actually a standard SOC report that we could all use, like a format for for all of the SOCs, where we could start to compare our actual effectiveness, because that is what you can actually measure with these categories. You can see where your SOC was actually doing well, if it's good in writing rules, for example, or if they have the right kind of knowledge to solve the problems that they should be solving. And if you are grouped this way, we can actually start to compare um, the effectiveness of socks of different socks. And I know from managers, they usually they rather start spending money on things if they know another competing company is having such so much budget for something. That's higher reason for them to increase their budget on security than their actual interview on that there should be some improvement. So if we have a comparable sock standard for reporting, this might be something that would help us showing our managers as well where we should be improving. Well, I look forward to to that and hopefully uh, you'll be able to get some good feedback from the presentation and move forward in that kind of direction. Thanks very much for taking the time to chat and uh, I look forward to seeing the presentation. Thank you very much for having me. It was great pleasure. You've been listening to the official podcast of the 31st Annual FIRST Conference. We look forward to seeing you in Edinburgh, June 16th through 21st.